from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All these guys who run these organizations who talk about analytics, they have one thing in common. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school, and they just want to get to the game. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. As you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No, geek. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. All right, a few things to say here as we start our second hour of Hardwood Handicappers. Uh, coming up in 15 minutes, Matt Humans, my cohort on The Edge, Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. He'll join us to get his thoughts on everything he's seen. He is a, uh, a Celtics backer as well. I promise, too, can I just say really quickly, because I, I have gotten the, uh, you know, hey, man, it's all just pro-Celtic stuff. I Like, everybody we bring on, I know, I'm sorry, they're all pro-Celtic. I've tried, I've efforted the warrior side of things, but... Uh, it has not really been the case, but I promise you, this is no cinch. This is Warriors with one of the best players to ever play the game. Totally, obviously, have a shot at winning this series. Do never, never mean to make it sound one-sided. Uh, the other part is, Daniel Vars is going to join us at the bottom of the hour, and we're going to talk a little WNBA. Um, but I wanted to note that I'm back in on the Angels. Everything is turned around. The 14 losing game, game losing streak is all done with. we got Sunday Night Baseball. The run line's coming up next. I'm sure they'll tell you all about how everything is good again because Jared Walsh hit for the cycle. Mike Trout's back, and Shohei Otani's the best. So just going to let you know. Might be distracted as the Angels game begins right now. With that, let's talk a little bit about Game 5 from the total perspective because I do really think that as we've started to see this total or this uh, series evolve a little bit, um, the it's been back and forth, right, the nature of this series in terms of the total. Game 1 goes over. Game 2 goes under. Game 3 goes over. Game 4 goes under. Um, but if you look back to Game 3, for example, a 116-100 final, which a game closes 214-213, somewhere in that range, um, I don't think we're really in a stretch now where we're going to start to see these games get higher scoring. In fact, the pace is going to slow down even more, as we've seen up to this point. I think the highest-paced game was about 96-97 possessions. And the defense, as we know, we talked about some of the half-court numbers for both of these teams, specifically the way that the Warriors have struggled in half-court offense throughout this entire series against the Boston Celtics. So that's not really going to go anywhere if you're the Celtics, and you don't really have to change a whole lot if you're Ime Udoka from a defensive standpoint. Like you know, we, talk, we just talked about with Tom Byrne, I'm in the camp of, like, you understand why you go with the drop coverage on Seth Curry. I feel like there can be tweaks. You don't have to drop as far. You can make it a little bit tighter, especially when you're talking about some of these roll guys like Kevon Looney and others not really committing to rolling. It's more about setting the screen and getting Curry into space against that drop. Right? Like If you watch, go back and watch some of those like pick and rolls for Curry, especially once he comes across half court. It's not, hey, pick and roll. 
It's really more about set the pick so Curry can come around it and find open space to shoot a shot. So if you're the, you know, if you're Al Horford, if you're the Celtics, you can play up on that drop a little bit more, not really worrying too much about the role man. And even then, Looney, um, Draymond Green, guys like Horford and Williams are long enough, quick enough, lateral quickness there too, against those two that you can kind of cheat up a little bit and still have enough time to recover back if they're ever going to roll uh, strong to the basket. So there's that. So it kind of ties into what we've seen for these totals up to this point. We're starting to see these totals evolve just a little bit, right? We saw game one, 214, 213 and a half. Game two got pretty high. That game goes under. So we're settled in at this like 212 and a half mark. Game four really plummeted right before right before tip-off, closed at around 213. But if we couple in the fact that these games have been kind of slower paced, that as we get tighter into the series, and the games mean obviously more because you're running out of real estate if you're a team that's behind or whatever it is, that these paces are even going to get a little bit tighter. And we know that one of these defenses has been consistently good, and one of the offenses in one key area of the floor has been consistently poor. I think we're going to start to see these unders really take hold. And in fact, I mean, you go back to, again, the game that just barely went over the game, uh, game total of 213, that would be game three. I think we've clearly started to see a trend here that these unders are really going to start to be the way that these games go. And we'll start to see these game totals go in that direction. So as it starts right now, and as we're looking at the totals and where we're at for this series, 213.5 the opener, immediately down to 212. And in fact, one spot slows 211.5. I think the market's got it right here that we are heading in this direction. And in fact, think about this. By the time we reach tip off tomorrow, we might be right back to where we started in game one, which remember that opener was 210.5. So we're right back to pretty much where we started with these totals, but I do think we're going to start to see this take shape in terms of being a very low-scoring series. I mean, I mentioned this off the air. It was kind of surprising looking back. The most points that the Warriors have scored in these games has been 108. It's been the Celtics' offense. And Ime Udoka talked about this in media availability today. Like, you kind of feel okay about where you're at defensively. Like, yes, do you want a player to score 40? No. But it's obviously one of the greatest players of all time that is breaking your coverage, so that's going to happen every once in a while. But if you're looking at your half-court defensive rating, if you're looking about the point totals in which the Warriors have scored, you're still feeling pretty good about where you're at from a defensive strategy standpoint if you're Ime Udoka and the Boston Celtics. So let's talk about some individual performances, and let's talk a little bit uh, about where we think some of these individual performances might lead. Before we get the player props, let's throw up the finals MVP market one more time because this is something that I think is pretty astounding. And, you know, I wrote about this last week, and I talked to Jeff Sherman about it, where, you know, liability builds up on some of these longer shots, right? Because people come in and they go, hey, Marcus Smart opened 100 to 1 here at Circa. Hey, Andrew Wiggins, 150 to 1. He had 17 and 16 last time out or whatever it was. Maybe these are worth shots. And so your reliability builds up quick because small bets on large numbers, that'll build up. But at the same time, when you look at this graphic, the thing that should stick out to you is the fact that Jalen Brown is 7 to 1 to win finals MVP for the Boston Celtics. If he's going to, if the Celtics at this point right now, if you were to vote who has been the most impactful player on the Boston Celtics, I don't think Jason Tatum's winning this award. If you've watched this series up to this point, it's been pretty clear that Tatum's been pretty inconsistent. And Jalen Brown has had the biggest moments that has led this team to their two victories. We know what happened in the fourth quarter of game, uh, game one. We know that he got them off to the great start in game three. And in that fourth quarter, still with a few assists and the way that he played defensively, had some impactful moments. To tell me that Jason Tatum at that price, which is a 35.1% chance to hit, compared to a 12.5% chance for one Jalen Brown, that's a gap that is way too wide between two guys who have been flipped in terms of their consistency and roles in these victories for the Boston Celtics. So, yes, and that's, that's kind of been the theme for the finals MVP market. 
since the beginning, there has been value on Jalen Brown, and the market has never really adjusted. And again, kind of going back to the thought of liability, I get it to a certain extent, right? You can't make Jason Tatum 7-1, to for example. He's just going to get loaded up on Jason Tatum money, and there's obviously still a path for Jason Tatum to win this thing. Tom Burns said it when he joined us in the first hour. If they're going to win this in terms of the finals, Jason Tatum is going to have to have at least one really good game. So it's not to say that Tatum cannot win this. But if you're talking about the true odds, if you know the Celtics win, the most likely Celtic to win the award, at this point right now, I think it is safe to say that it's Jalen Brown, thus value in that price in about 7-1. to one. Some spots, I think, are 8-1. to one. Shortest price that I saw was about 6-1 to one or 550 on Brown. But still, again, even then, I think value on a number like that on a dude who has been very inconsistent, or excuse me, very consistent as opposed to Tatum. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about Jason Tatum. Let's hear from Jason Tatum, and he has said it too, and he said in the media availability the other day, he's just got to be better. You said it, it, it's, it's on you to be better. Is it possible you're putting too much pressure on yourself to be better? No. Uh, I, I think that was just as, as simple as it is. Like, I just got to be better. Um, you know, I know I can be better, so it's not like I'm myself and my team is asking me to do something I'm not capable of. Um, you know, they know the level, and I know the level that I can play at. And, uh, you know, it's kind of on me to to do that more often than not. I mean, I wish it was as simple as just saying, yeah, I got to be better. I know that. Um, but, he, I mean, if the Celtics are going to have a chance here, they are. But I just think it speaks to the fact that Tatum just been pretty inconsistent up to this point. And I, I don't think it's fair or unfair to say uh, that Jalen Brown has been their most impactful player up to this point. I was actually going to see if I could find Tatum's numbers uh, if you're looking at it from the perspective of like crunch time and fourth quarter and all of this and the way that it has worked. And Tatum, if you look, these la- these four games that we have seen up to this point in terms of scoring and um, traditional numbers, like his fourth quarter scoring, it's been a little down. His efficiencies have been down. You just need a little bit more from Tatum if they're going to win the series and for a guy who's the second choice to win finals MVP. So let's look at some player props and some scoring totals. And th- these are going to start to get posted a little bit more, but of course it's finals and it's the finals and we have a lot of time. So these markets can be posted and mature over the next few days. Jason Tatum is, we will start 26 and a half his point total shaded to the over at minus 130. These numbers courtesy of DraftKings. Jalen Brown, three points behind him. Uh, that's pretty much a pick minus 115 on the over, but again, kind of tying in how I think these series are going to start to go. Even if Jason Tatum turns things around from a scoring and an efficiency standpoint, I think you're with these stars, these point totals are always a little bit higher. But if these games do indeed start to get tighter in terms of amount of possessions, more half-court oriented, the Warriors are still a pretty good defensive team in their own right. When you're, lo- when you're looking at 26.5 with a price tag of minus 130 on the over, it's a little high. When you're looking at Jalen Brown, 23.5, shaded to the over at minus 115, minus 120, it is a little high. The Celtics have been a very good team effort. In the games in which they have dominated, in which they have played their best, I mean, think about a couple of, it was a game three. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, all those 20-plus point uh, performances, the scoring has been really balanced. And so I feel I feel like in some of these games, specifically on the road too, and, you know, I get that the Celtics have played together, but again, it's been more team-oriented, to play over a, pro, a point total of 26.5 for a dude who's been as inconsistent as Tatum in a game that is going to get a little bit tighter, uh, I'd be really interested in looking and playing something like that under the total. But I think the guy you go to is the one that we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show, and we'll have more on these player props coming up in 15 after we talk to Matt Humans. But Kevon Looney, 
He has consistently been sitting at six and a half, and you sit there and you play him together with a points and rebounds type of number, but at six and a half in terms of his points, heavily shaded to the under at minus 135. If that role starts to grow as we expect it to, and he starts to push for maybe 30 minutes a game, Devon Lute is going to be quite the candidate, not only to surpass his rebounds prop, uh, which is right now sit at seven and a half shaded to the over minus 130, uh, but looking to play him over his points and rebounds and over his points at six and a half, because he is the linchpin here, at least it seems at this point right now, to go over that point total prop for the Warriors to have success. So I'm really interested in Looney, and he's kind of been something I've been focusing on throughout the series, because I feel like he has deserved more time, and we're finally starting to get to the point where Kerr is really buying into that and giving him a little bit more time. All right, when we come back, Matt Eumann, senior editor of East End, host of The Edge, he'll join us. I could have sworn the other day after the game I heard Matt Eumann say, Celtics are in trouble. We'll see if that was true when we, when we return. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. to learn more. The Vsin's Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. It's fitting that we have Matt Humans coming up because this segment of Hardwood Handicappers is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties. They come in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit Zinn.com slash find. Locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning, product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, we head down the home stretch. Uh, Danielle Alvario will join us in 15 minutes, get her perspective on the WNBA. Uh, slate's going to be underway, or the last game's going to be underway by the time we get to Danielle, but a good week coming up in, as they call it, the W. All right, let's welcome in Matt. Uh, humans, so I, I teased this coming out, so I will start with it. Uh, I could have sworn that when I left Doug Kazarian's uh, just wonderful abode on Friday night, that I heard you utter the words, the Celtics are in trouble, man. Is that true? Well, they're in a lot more trouble than they were before game four. It's very true. You know, because uh, they were in a dominant position in the series if they could have won that game on uh, Friday night. And by blowing that game, you just see the way the series price flips. It was going to be Celtics minus 500 or more if they take a 3-1 lead. And now you got the Warriors favored in the series. So, yeah, I would say if you're the underdog in the series, you got to play two of three on the road. To finish up, you are in a little bit of trouble. And another thing I think that puts the Celtics in trouble is they just can't figure out how to play smart basketball on a consistent basis. And you and I talked about this last week. I said if the Celtics are intelligent and more physical, uh, that they're going to close out this series. They were not intelligent in the way they played basketball on Friday night. I thought it was a low IQ game by the Celtics. Uh, still, again, too many turnovers. Uh, they didn't really take advantage of their um, their physical matchups in terms of uh, Tatum, Brown, and uh, Smart and their ability to drive to the rim to open up the uh, offensive end of the floor. Took two, I, I thought the shot selection was poor. Some of the passes were casual, and uh, that that costs you. So if you're going to play like that. Uh, this thing's probably going to go seven. So I'd say, yeah, they're in trouble because they're going to have to win 
a um, a game on the road, either five or game seven, they're going to have to win on the road. And uh, I just, you know, as much as we talked about the weaknesses that the Warriors have, and they have some, and the Celtics aren't the perfect team either. And that's been exposed a little bit in this series. But again, the major takeaway on Friday was Stephen Curry was just incredible. And uh, when when he's shot, making shots at that level, the Warriors are going to be tough to beat regardless. So one of the things that I, I kind of mocked and scoffed at coming into the series was the concept of, and you and I talked about it a lot, right? The, the concept of experience in the NBA Finals. Um, to me, it was like, yeah, it's not like the Super Bowl, right? You're not, you don't got two weeks between games and you know neutral setting and all this kind of stuff. It's just another basketball series. Uh, but maybe I was wrong, Matt, in that the experience shows up in how you handle success as opposed to adversity, right? And what I mean by that is, if you look at this postseason, uh, after straight up wins, the Celtics six and eight straight up, six seven and one against the spread. And if you go to the regular season as a whole and include the postseason with that. 38 and 27 straight up, 31, 30, and four against the spread, 50.8% cover right there. So, in other words, they have not handled success well. After straight up wins, they seem to kind of come in and be like, oh, we got this. And they don't respond very well after the victories, where in the other way around, as a young team, back against the wall, to use the cliche, they come out, they impress, they look their best. I think maybe I was wrong in that. Like, this is clearly a team that has shown. When they have success, there is a confidence to them that is almost too much, and they come out and they play, as you called it, kind of dumb basketball. Yeah, and I, you know, inexperience shows up, I think, in different ways. And uh, not that the Celtics are a young team, but they do have a lot of guys with big game experience, and they, they got a couple veterans who have been there and done that before too. So I didn't want to make too much of the experience advantage, but the Warriors, you know, big three, especially Curry and Thompson. I've been in so many NBA Finals games, and I, I think the immaturity that Celtics have shown here is um, maybe their inability to capitalize and put a team away when you're in dominant position. And uh, I thought that was where kind of where their immaturity showed up in Game Four. This is where you can win the series, and you, you talked about it, putting the foot on the throat, and that's what you have to do when you're an experienced team. You know, you can't give Stephen Curry life in a series like he did Friday night. And uh, the Celtics, uh, I just think a little bit immature in the way they played. They didn't, uh, they didn't handle that game the way they should. They didn't take care of business the way they should have. And that sometimes that's where the inexperience or the youth uh, shows up a little bit. I don't want to make too much of that, but uh, I don't think you can be stunned by that because we've seen that pattern, I think, develop in the Celtics a lot here in the postseason, too. So the theme of the top of the show was adjustments. We were talking about the way uh, that Steve Kerr adjusted in that fourth game. And one of the things that we saw when we were watching that uh, was there was a five-minute stretch that Draymond Green did not play in the fourth quarter. And when he came back on the floor, Matt Kerr was going offense, defense, pool, then yeah. Draymond, pool, then Draymond, and it worked out for him. They ended up winning their first fourth quarter of the series. Well, what do you expect to Kerr and mainly like the Draymond minutes? Because there, there's kind of in this this thing, this push and pull this entire series. Looney or Draymond? Looney or Draymond? And I think we're at the point now where you got to play Kevon Looney maybe a little bit more than you play Draymond Green. Yeah, Draymond Green's having a bad series. I think he's he's actually lost confidence on the offensive end of the floor, too. You can see him hesitate. He doesn't want to take shots. He just it's uh it's kind of strange to watch. But Steve Kerr did what a, uh, a veteran coach has to do. And I, you know, he's, he's seeing the Draymond green struggling and he, he knows their best chance to win their best chance to win the game is to put him on the bench in certain stretches. And it's tough to do that with a veteran who's one of your team leaders sometimes, but definitely a smart adjustment by Steve Kerr. And uh, I think he's going to continue to do that because that's going to be the Warriors best shot 
to uh, win, especially in game five. I think, um, you know, my, my predicament here is having a series bet, and I think you've got more riding on this series than I do. I, I kind of like the Celtics going into game five, but again, I don't want to bet mm-hmm. it because this is, uh, this is a huge game in terms of the Celtics uh, trying to win this series. Do you, do you take the points or do you just lie bet it? I think I'm probably going to lie bet the game again and uh, play it that way because uh, it, it, it feels like I have a lack of confidence in uh, in the Celtics figuring things out. I, th- I think they gave the Warriors a little a little too much hope on Friday night, and uh, maybe cracked the door open uh, when they had a chance to slam it shut. I'm a little bit disappointed in the way Boston played Friday. Yeah, and so that's kind of leads into my next question because you've had a better read on stuff like this than I have, and I've openly admitted uh, I'm not one for spots and situations. With the way that the Celtics have played, you kind of alluded to it there. Would that be like looking at Boston to bounce back after a loss like they've done so well in this postseason and throughout the regular season? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I was going into the series, I thought it was going to be a back-and-forth long series. And, and I picked Celtics in seven, but I certainly could have seen the Celtics winning in six. I did not think they were going to win in five. I thought Curry and Thompson would probably be good enough to win one game and um, probably two, and that's why I was going to go at least six. So I still have a lot of confidence in the Celtics winning on the road. I just don't know if they're going to win game five or game seven on the road. I still think they're going to win the series. Uh, I, I, uh, I think that if the Warriors win game five, the Celtics are going to be a great bet in game six. That's, that's the type of uh, situation I'm looking for. I just don't have the same level of confidence in the, uh, in the Celtics here in game five that I've had previously in the series. I don't know what's your read on it. Did you, do you have a lot of confidence they're going to bounce back and play smarter basketball and do what they did in uh, game one and game three? I mean, I do. I, I, if you look at it from one of the things that like uh, I say that the Celtics can hang their hat on and that I think they should, like you look at the half-court numbers, the Warriors have not been good in half-court offense at all. Like the Celtics shut down a lot of their off-ball stuff. They've looked really good. Uh, if you look at the way that when they're at their best offensively, the Warriors haven't scored more than 108 points in a single game in this series. It's been Boston mm-hmm. in two games that have scored 116 and 120 in their victories. Like they look, when they're at their best, they look like they're clearly the better team. But to your point, and what I, I've kind of been harping on throughout this first, like these first uh, you know hour and 20 minutes, which has been, it's great that you respond in these situations. It's great that you look your best when your back is against the wall, again, to use the cliche, but it's also troubling that you put yourself in those positions because at some point you would think your luck runs out and there's going to be another hot night from like a Clay Thompson or whatever, and this time you're in San Francisco, you know? Yeah, I, I still think the Celtics uh, are the better team on both ends of the floor. If, if they do play higher IQ basketball, yeah. and they can win a game seven in San Francisco, so it's not going to be the end of the world if they lose game five. Uh, but I, I would I would think the, the most likely scenario is the Celtics win game five in game six, if you like that side, that's probably the way it's going to happen. But I don't know, man. I just uh, have a little less confidence in the Celtics. They're just a little bit too inconsistent, not playing, not playing basketball uh, with the, the most intelligent approach, and hopefully that changes. Hey, I know we're about to run out of time. Danielle Alvari has been great on the NBA. Right. She's done an exceptional job handicapping. And I don't think I've met anybody on the planet who's more enthusiastic about betting the WA than Doug Kazarian. Uh, he, he talked about a Friday night with a passion that I've never heard anyone speak about the WNBA with. And Doug, Doug sent uh, several texts today with uh, recommendations on WNBA plays. So 
Um, I'm looking forward to this segment with Danielle. I want to see what she's got. I like it. By the way, uh, you'll also like this, as I texted you earlier today, and uh, it's the sun is shining in Southern California again, Matt Humans. one nothing lead for the Angels, bottom of the first. No outs. I'm watching it. <laughs> That's the last game. Hey, uh, Otani and Trout, big weekend. Yep. yep. All right, Matt. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You bet. See you. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we got a little bit more left before we get to Danielle. We'll keep an eye on this Halos game for you, too. It's Hardwood Handicappers here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Today. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. All right, last 30 minutes of the program. Coming up in about 15, Danielle Alvari, host of the LA CityCast, and a great WNBA handicapper will be with us to discuss everything we've seen. We're pretty much a third of the way through the regular season in the WNBA. A 36-game slate, about 12 games or so for each of the teams up to this point. So we'll see if there's any... Uh, Big takeaways now that we're about 33% of the way through the regular season in, as the kids call it, the W. Uh, quick follow-ups and just to put a bow on our NBA Finals coverage because I did want to touch on a couple more of the NBA draft props that are up. Um, but as we look at, because we've looked at, I think, a lot, obviously, when it comes to um, we have really squeezed the sponge out, right, when it comes to coverage of the NBA Finals and, and this game five that will tip off tomorrow night. But I think the one angle that we really haven't looked at is where are we going to be by the time we close on Monday night? So as we sit right now, the book in which my rear end rests, that would be Circa, is a four-point spread in favor of the Golden State Warriors, total at 212. Uh, three and a halfs are out there, two at multiple shops. And I would assume, given the way the market has overwhelmingly supported Golden State at almost every single turn, the way that the public does like to come in, and the public does have more influence on these finals games. On a regular season night, when we're talking about, you know, Wednesday, Chase, whatever, it, you're not going to see the influence. Usually the influence you see on numbers that are regular season are going to be more sharp money than anything else, specifically when it comes to totals. But the public does have more influence, and you're seeing that these fours that are starting to appear, I think, are pretty permanent. I think the three and a half that are there are going to get uh, that are going to disappear. And honestly, wouldn't be very surprised to see this close four and a half, given the public sentiment in favor of the Golden State Warriors. And it's also the favorable spot I would think that people perceive it to be. And that Golden State gets a win on the road then goes back home, back in San Francisco, a home court which has treated them well in this postseason and will put them in a position that the public and betters will like to back them. So I think four is safe to assume that it's going to close there. And to give the Warriors credit, as we know, 10-1 straight up at home in this postseason with a plus 15.3 net rating. Also worth pointing out, though, that that one loss, game one against the Boston Celtics. So We'll stick with that. But I do think this is going to ultimately close four. The total is what's going to be interesting, as we were discussing. Not, again, analysis on where you bet this, but where it ultimately closes. 211.5 is the low side, and that would be over at BetMGM. 212s are across the board. Do wonder if it gets under that 212 mark and how the market does respond to betting this. Uh, but I do think that 212 is probably a safe number to assume at which we close in terms of the total. But, again, do think that the unders are going to start to take place here as this series gets tighter and the games get fewer and fewer. But do believe that's going to be the case. So I'll call it Warriors minus four with a total of 212, our closing number for tomorrow. Can't call the result, though. And also, as for me personally, from a betting perspective, Matt kind of show, show, um, shed some light on how he's going to do this from a betting perspective for the series. And at this point right now, from my numbers, again, looking at how I've set these power ratings up personally and how I rate both of these teams, 
I do think there's value in a number in Boston catching four on the road against Golden State. I do think this is a number that should be closer to about that two and a half, two range as opposed to four where we're at right now. Tom Byrne, when we talked to him in the first hour, mentioned the importance of home court. I've got it not as important as Tom does. If you look at it from a net rating standpoint in this postseason, you get a pretty high number, uh, especially in non-garbage time minutes. But if you take it by the median results of these games at home, you're getting closer to three, three and a half, which is what I rate home court at. So again, thinking that Boston is the better team here, that gets you in that range of that two, two and a half mark for a point spread for the Celtics, excuse me, for the Warriors back at home. However, am I going to actually bet the Celtics is something that I have yet to really decide on, just given my position of where I'm at and how I'm going to move forward from here. But I do think that there is a point spread value on the Boston Celtics, given where the number is at at this point right now. And two other ties uh, to get to when we talk about some of the numbers that I was giving out for player props. First off, um, with if you go to points and rebounds for a guy like Kevon Looney, and these numbers are courtesy of DraftKings right now that I'm giving to you in terms of the player prop numbers, and always shop around, always shop around for some of these player prop numbers because you can always find a wide variety of difference here. But Kevon Looney, uh, let's see, in terms of points and rebounds, actually not listed yet. Mm. That is going to be an angle that is very much worth following for points and rebounds for Looney. I've got a sneaking suspicion that this dude's going to touch about 30 minutes for game five. And if uh, that's the case, you can see he's got points and rebounds individually, but a points and rebounds prop not out there. You can see points, rebounds, and assists over at BetMGM sit at 16.5. But a number of about, uh, say, 13.5 or so in terms of points and rebounds, definitely worth looking, especially the rebounds. Looney's a really good rebounder, and they're going to use him more because they need his help on the glass. Those are the angles I'm looking at. Also, if you're playing anything Draymond-related, assists and rebounds are the way to go with Draymond. His number currently set assists and rebounds at 13.5 shaded to the uh, over at minus 115, so ever so slightly. With that, uh, we'll put the Game 5 analysis to rest. I think we've pretty much bleeded it out at this point. Uh, It's going to be good, and I I can't wait. Like This this series is set up to be fantastic. You do have a little bit of a hint of what the market views, or I should say the odds makers view in terms of respect for the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics and where they put them uh, on on a spectrum with one another because it's only a minus 130, minus 125 price tag on Golden State to win this series depending on where you shop, despite the fact it being a best of three with Golden State getting two games in San Francisco. But the Celtics team, as we know, uh, these types of situations, they uh, seem to be at least very much built for it. So really quick, as we kind of shift gears here, and we go to more some of the more niche markets when it comes to basketball handicapping like the NBA draft and coming up in 10, it'll be the WNBA. So we were talking about NBA draft props that are, sele- that are up uh, across the board right now. The one thing that we hit on, this was the first overall pick, Holmgren, is that, ne- that number continues to climb. Uh, that's going to be very much worth looking at. I wanted to add to that too, that we were looking at some of those numbers that had Holmgren at 3-1. to one. Those are the numbers that are definitely worth grabbing because in other markets, he's still at like 2-1 to one or slightly under that 2-1 to one mark. Definitely worth shopping around for. And the same could be said for Jabari Smith Jr. at second overall, too, by the way. Uh, so we'll see where that kind of shakes itself out. But it's also, it seems to be not a lock, because nothing is a lock, but the one thing that all the information points to at this point is that the Houston Rockets are dead set at taking Paolo Bencaro with a third overall pick. And he's right now minus 500 to be the third overall pick. And I will just say this. Again, drafts are information-based. We see it in the time in the NFL draft all the time, and we talk to handicappers all the time. Humans and I talked to Brad Powers, uh, who's a great college football uh, and just football handicapper in general, and he was talking about the way that he was approaching some of these draft props. And when you have solid enough information, bigger bigger prices. You know, there's some people be like, oh, I'll never lay over to minus 200, whatever it is. But if there is value in the implied probability which that number represents, that it's worth betting. I bring this up because 
Minus 500 might seem really high on Paolo Bancaro, but every single sign points to Bancaro being the third overall selection, and thus, maybe this price should be like 750 as opposed to minus 500. So keep that in mind as we get closer to draft time, but Bancaro seems pretty much settled in to that third overall selection. But I brought up Johnny Davis and not the fact that he's you know in the Taco Bell commercial and runs off, which is that a weak character sign that – in the Taco Bell commercial, in the middle of the draft, he runs off to go to Taco Bell because I feel like I would not want to draft a guy who's that mentally weak that just hears the sound of the Taco Bell bell. I'm not going to continue with the bit. You get it. But regardless, Johnny Davis, I think he's pretty interesting because if you look at his draft position prop, right now he's set at 9.5. And, and I think he's like a fascinating player in his own right because if you look at it from a perspective of like who he is, we're talking about like stocky build, defensive type of guard that you can actually see working. His three-point shot has not been great. But his free throw shooting kind of translates to a dude who should be a better three-point shooter than his numbers indicated. So there's going to be something there. But if you look at him right now, draft position of 9.5, pick on both sides, minus 115. And if you look, there's, I don't think there's really much wiggle room if you're looking at Davis under 9.5 because he's been the consensus ninth overall selection in most mock drafts. That would be San Antonio. He's worked out with Indiana, but I'm not sure I see Indiana going that direction because they need a list. They need something different. At least I think when you evaluate the roster than a Johnny Davis type and Cleveland has shown some interest as well. So his, his barometer of where he's gone, like sixth all the way up to 14th. So it gives you that range. Well, if you're taking that for what it's worth, you don't want to put a ton of weight in it, but there's something there. Nine and a half. If you're betting that under doesn't give you much. So I think really, if you're setting prices for a guy like Davis should be over eh, minus one thirty or so, maybe minus one forty. He seems to be in that range of nine and up as opposed to nine and under. And I do think when you look at another way to attack Johnny Davis, which is going to be interesting, it's him versus A.J. Griffin. A.J. Griffin, of course, had a Duke because Davis, rifle favorite in a matchup like this at minus 140 in terms of who's going to be drafted first. But again, if you're talking about prices here and the probability of something like that happening, minus 165 might actually be a little bit of a fairer price for Davis to go before A.J. Griffin, uh, by all accounts, at least when you read big boards, all those things, Davis seems to be the better prospect than A.J. Griffin. And if you're talking about minus 165, that puts you in the 62% range in terms of probability for him to go. And when you talk about a guy who is widely considered to be the better prospect, defensive-oriented two-guard in the league that is more perimeter-oriented day-by-day, day day day, I would really look at Davis minus 140 to be drafted before an A.J. Griffin type because that does seem to be at least a dude who is um, – I would say at least projected a lot higher consistently more than an A.J. Griffin type. And there's a bunch of different props up, man. Uh, Blake Wesley versus Dalen Terry, Jeremy Sohan versus uh, Mark Williams, uh, Jalen Williams, and like others. There's, and these are growing day by day in terms of these draft position props. And um, it's not as informationally based as the NFL draft. That's kind of the tough part about it. Once you get outside of the lottery and even in the back end of the lottery, it seems to be pretty tough. Uh, but I will say this really quickly before we get out of here. One name to keep an eye on. Uh, Mark Williams, draft position prop is, and uh, let's see, he's up against, I'll have to get it for you on the other side. Oh, it's Sochan. I'll get to the details of this before we get to Daniel Alvari, but I'll just say Williams is one of those guys that seems to have a relatively firm cap in terms of where he's going to go in the NFL, NBA draft, and I'll, I'll tell you why, but it's a good plus price bet. All right, Daniel Alvari joins us next as we close out the last 10 minutes of Hardwood Handicap.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. 
We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Today. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. VEASAN summer specials here for only $39. You're going to get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers are going to have access to all of it. That includes Adam Burke's Daily Major League Baseball Best Bets. Awesome, awesome column. Read it every day. I have best bets through the NBA. Oh, man, only just at most three columns left. It's been quite the journey. Andy McNeil going to break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs, which begin, final does at least, on Wednesday is today. We're going to have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets, premium articles covering golf, UFC, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience that features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream, whatever you want it. Cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Joining us now from the best part of the country, that would be Southern California, because it's closest to the Anaheim Angels, who are now World Series contenders yet again. Uh, I don't go Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Nobody calls them that. It is the Anaheim Angels. It's Danielle Alvari. What's up, Danielle? Good. I'm good, JVT. How are you? I'm good. And you are the. It's, I bring that up too because you're the host of the LA City Cast, and mm-hmm. uh, you cover all things Los Angeles. That would include the Angels. So I would assume that you believe them to now be World Series champions now that they are finally healthy. Otani is back on track. Nothing says World Series champions like a 14-game losing streak. Uh, I'm pretty sure there hasn't been very many teams that have successfully done that in a season and actually made it into the playoffs. There's about two. One was the Dodgers a couple years ago. The other was a team in the eighties. So it will be really uh, impressive if they can pull that off because just getting to the playoffs based on that 14 game losing streak would be quite a feat. Uh, I see your optimism. That's uh, that's <laughs> all I see. All right. So let's talk about some WNBA. First off, I will start with this. Uh, so we're about a third away through the season, right? 36 game schedules. Some of these teams have played about 12 games or so. Yes. Uh, so I'll ask you a very general question that you can take and maybe in whatever direction you want. Uh, but mm-hmm. has there been any one thing through this first third of a season, be it team specific, player specific, that has stuck out to you, surprise or not, now that we've reached about a third of the way through the year? Uh Not a surprise necessarily, but maybe a surprise in the sense that I wasn't prepared, but the aces are incredible. As we know, we've talked about Becky Hammond's a pretty good basketball coach. That's newsflash in case you missed it. Uh, But I think that we all expected the aces to be good this season. We did not expect them to be as good as they have been. So even the last time we talked, we know that we mentioned that the aces, we might have trouble with depth, right? At least their bench position. Jackie Young gets hurt. Her ankle is injured. She's been out for about a week, ideally coming back. Uh, But we've seen them in this past week without Jackie Young, and they're still getting it done. So that was the concern is what are they going to do if they lose one of their starters and look what's happened? They're still able to beat teams by 12, 15, 20 points. And so I think that that hasn't been a shock necessarily, but I think they shocked the system about just how good they've been. Um, And I think, unfortunately, on the opposite side of not really shocking at all is the poor Connecticut Sun. Uh, are dealing with another injury yet again. I mean, two years ago, they made it to the semifinals without John Quell Jones. Last year, they have a season-best record without any Alyssa Thomas, essentially the entire season. And now Jasmine Thomas out with a, a torn ACL injury. And so the Connecticut Sun having to do yet again another pivot. And Kurt Miller said he's just, he's tired of it. And it's really unfortunate because we know that the Connecticut Sun are that team that are always at the top of the pack, but they just haven't been able to break through. And it just seems like they just get blow after blow each year. 
So along with like maybe surprises, disappointments, I think one of the more disappointing teams you and I t- talked about in private before was the New York Liberty, right? And, and it's yeah. been a team that I think, at least when I was looking at some of their numbers and, and some of these matchups, it felt like the market was kind of like, yeah, like, all right, pump the brakes. Maybe they're not this bad. Well, we finally started to see them come along here pretty strongly, right? I think they've what, what, four out of six? And their two losses have been relatively tight, the most recent one being a two-point loss to Chicago. Has What has been behind the change here? Has there been anything? And is this a streak worth riding, at least in terms of maybe covering some of these numbers and betting on this team? Because now, on the season, they're 6-7 and seven against the spread, but they're winning games, they're covering numbers. This turnaround seems legit, at least to me. Right. They've covered two games straight, which is impressive. And actually, the other day, there was a game that I bet an under on. I believe it was the Liberty Fever game, which was silly. It was like such a silly under because it went way over, actually. But when I was discussing it with other WNBA betters, we were talking about, I was like, I'm just not confident in this Liberty offense right now. But what really has been a noticeable change for me, obviously, Sprina Ionescu leading that offense. But Rebecca Allen has also moved into the starting lineup just about six games ago. She's been averaging about 12 points a game, four uh, rebounds per game, two assists or so. So really just making an impact and allowing Sabrina to have a little bit of breathing room. So Becca Allen's been really huge for them coming into that lineup. And also the Liberty, to your point about value, when they played the Fever, I discussed this game on the podcast, actually, the Los Angeles CityCast, and we talked about how the fever came out and shocked everybody. Hey, we're actually better than you think. Even though they have, you know, not a very impressive record, they're actually better at least talent-wise than we were expecting maybe, especially for all those young players. The Liberty came out and let us down a little bit, so our hopes, you know, for them were a little bit dashed. So, the market's a little low on the Liberty like you said, and they're a little high on the fever. So, the Liberty were the way better value in that game. I think the line was only one and a half. So, to your point, yes, the Liberty everybody's been down on them and they are starting to turn that corner a little bit and they are getting some players back in mid-June here. Didi Richards being of note and also Benijah Laney hope or Benijah Laney actually out for the rest of the season. Unfortunately had knee surgery in the off season has to have it again during the regular season. So probably no Benijah for the season, but Dee Dee Richards on her way back and also Willoughby. So they are getting some players back mid June. So yes, are going to be turning the corner and probably finding some value at least as this transition is happening. So I was talking with Doug Kazarian who works at ESPN on Friday and you know, I was telling him like, yeah, I'm trying to get a little bit more to the NBA. He handicaps it a lot, bets it a lot. One of the things that he brought up to me, uh, like in the WNBA, a lot is, you know, spots, situations, revenge spots is one that he harped on as one to really look at. Mm. And, and it ties into the Liberty, I think, because they're not going to play until Thursday. But I'm watching the Mystics right now. Uh, they're up by two over the Mercury. They lost uh, to New York. What? Last Friday, I think it was by four points. Did you mm. buy into these big revenge spots or anything like that? Like, would that be one where it's a Liberty team that's been playing better, but it's a Washington team that might be looking for a little bit of vengeance after getting handing a loss to them a couple of weeks ago? It's tough. Revenge in the WNBA is definitely something you handicap. And that was something I learned the hard way last season, actually, because there was a Tina Charles revenge game uh, versus the Liberty. But uh, you have to be careful with this as well, because Liz Cambage played her former team, the Aces, on Saturday and did not look very good in that game at all. So there was a really, really short line for the Aces for that game for a lot of reasons. The Sparks obviously fired their head coach, Derek Fisher, last week. So turnover, so kind of betting on that coaching change. And then also, again, Liz Cambage in a revenge spot, possibly. uh, But it did not pan out that way. So you have to be careful with those revenge spots. I do think that there are situations like the Connecticut Sun played the Aces twice last week. They very much fancy themselves the number one team, obviously, and they get 
you know, boat race in the first one. They came back on Thursday and I ended up being on the aces because I had no reason to believe that they wouldn't continue to dominate except for that angle of the sun came out and were relentless that game because they were so upset about that loss on Tuesday. So you do have to be careful with the revenge angle, but it definitely factors in, especially more in the WNBA than I would say in the NBA. All right. So you mentioned the other story I wanted to get to uh, Liz Cambage, her team stinks. Uh, they're one of the <laughs> worst defensive team. Actually, no, they are the worst defensive team uh, in the but WNBA. But what about their offense? That's also terrible. Uh, yes, their offense yeah. is uh, looks pretty average. What I think they're like sixth or seventh in terms of their offensive efficiency. So I'll I'll just ask you that. Like we I I'm in, we we were joking about the Angels. We saw the Angels fire Joe Madden. Didn't really do anything. Derek Fisher gets fired. Does that change anything for LA? Are they all of a sudden going going to become a better defensive team? Because that is clearly what has held them back. When I tell you I was going insane, I, this was my first WNBA game I attended, by the way. I went to Crypto.com Arena on Saturday, so I got to see the Sparks Aces live. I was like, they're playing the Aces. I have to go. And I actually felt bad because I saw a friend there, and they said, you finally came out to a Sparks game. And I was like, well, yeah, they're playing the Aces. That's why I'm here. Right. Uh, it's an Aces but- game, not a Sparks game. <laughs> Yeah, that's really why I'm here. Um, but when we talk about the Sparks, obviously the offense is not there. The defense is not there. Coaching change is not the issue for me necessarily. It was funny, too, being at the game and seeing the benches. When you see the Aces benches, Becky Hammond is talking and nobody else is. And they are all looking at her. And it's calm and it's collected. If you looked over at the Sparks bench, NECA's yelling, this person's yelling, this person. I mean, there's just chaos, it seems like. And so Fred Williams, the interim coach, comes up. They interview him after the game. And they said, what was your goal for the game? And he goes, well, to not lose by 28, which is what happened last time they played. Um, if that is your goal, I don't know if your bar is high enough necessarily. They did get up by 26 at one point, And then the Aces pulled out most of their starters. So it didn't end up being as big of a blowout. But the Sparks have a lot more issues, unfortunately. What's insane is if you're there and you see the size advantage, obviously, that Liz Cambage has, it's really insane that she's not an automatic bucket every time she's down the court. But she does struggle. She gets up shots that don't go in, and I think she's just not getting far enough under the bucket. She's not getting deep enough uh, into the paint, it seems like, for these to just be automatic. But she has such a crazy size advantage, both in height and, obviously, she has some hip weight to throw around as well. So it's really crazy to me that their offense isn't more successful trying to run through her. She did look a little bit out of shape is what I would say. She looked very winded early in that. And I think that's been an issue with her is her conditioning. So there's just something needs to give. Unfortunately, since Candace Parker has left NECA, Ogumike has had to step up into a role that I don't know she was prepared to step up into. Um, and they just do not look like a very cohesive team at all right now on either end of the court. Danielle, it's always awesome talking about the WNBA uh, schedule for the LA city cast. What do you got going on this week? Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And Fridays will be a special profile show because I am going on vacation, so we're taping that one early. But um, we're going to interview Pamela Maldonado and get to know her. So that's going to be a good one to look forward to on Friday. Dope. All right, Danielle. Good to talk to you as always. Thank you. Thanks, JVT. Hopefully we get to talk to Danielle next week. This might be the last episode of Harvard Handicappers. Who knows? Do we even get a Game 7? I'm hoping not. I'm hoping it's a six-game series in favor of Boston. Uh, But that does it for us. Again, if you missed any part of this show, it's up at the feed, vcin.com slash podcasts. Uh, thank you very much, of course, to Tom Byrne and Matt Humans and Danielle, who joined us. And if it is indeed the last episode of Hardwood Handicappers, thank you for listening to me bloviate about the NBA for two hours once a week here on vcin.com. But I'll give you a hint. You might not be rid of me on Sundays, even if the NBA season's over. We'll see you, folks. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.